Welcome to the Mindful Mark Podcast, a monthly wrestling podcast focused on being a mindful fan. This means focusing on things that drives my passion as a fan, instead of the negatives that seem to get focused on everywhere else. This week, we are discussing death in wrestling, WWE's tag team division, and Matt Hardy's role in All Elite Wrestling. Also, we'll look ahead into January and what I'm most excited for in wrestling. Finally, we will look back into December and decide the pop of the month, my favorite thing that happened in the month of wrestling. I'm Anthony, this is Intake Wrestling's Mindful Mark Podcast, and thank you for listening. This episode, the first episode, is dedicated in its entirety to the memory of Brody Lee. It has been clear to me the past week how much of a family man he was through and through. I have three kids at home and one more on the way in February, and Brody Lee is a clear example of accomplishing your dreams while keeping your family as your focus. With all of that being said, let's stop yelling at the TV and be a mindful mark instead. Mourning the death of a wrestler. When the wrestling world loses a prominent member, it can be a difficult thing to accept. Though death in wrestling is normal, we don't always view our resulting grief as normal or natural. There are many ways to make sure we do it in a healthy manner, though. The wrestling world is collectively mourning the loss of John Huber, aka Brody Lee. He was at the top of my list of current favorites for several years, but even if he wasn't, this loss would not be easy. It comes very sudden and unexpectedly, and it rings in my mind at the same pitch as Eddie Guerrero's death years ago. Speaking for myself, I often get embarrassed to admit just how deeply a celebrity death can impact me. After the news about Brody Lee, I actually turned to reading some grief counseling text. There was a brief explanation that helped me understand what was actually at play here and why it hurt so bad. We may not know them personally, but there's a straightforward reason to why we feel their loss so heavily. It's because they're artists. When an artist is especially good at their craft, their own vulnerabilities become wrapped into the presentation. Their trial and error process has been done with a live audience and we have grown with their own creation. In the case of Brody Lee and any other wrestling star who has passed, we've watched them on television continue to tweak their character and been lifted out of our seats with each opportunity they get given. We get front row seats to these people's biggest goals, hopes, and dreams. This vantage point means we also see when they get deflated and they fall from those high heights. There's no personal relationship, but we can't help but tie our own growth to the public-facing growth of our favorite wrestling stars. When we understand this relationship between life and art, it, it makes total sense why mourning the death of a wrestler can be so difficult. The basic foundation of art is to leverage vulnerability for expression, 
and that is exactly what pro wrestling is doing. Every time they enter the ring, they open their vulnerabilities and leave their story on the canvas-clad stage. Though the loss doesn't permeate our real life, there's still a lot of processing involved when we mourn the loss of a wrestler. How can we move past the loss without interfering in our daily functions, yet still show respect to their memory? The first thing to do, of course, is to express your admiration. It doesn't need to be a public statement but at least admit to yourself the meaning that this person holds for you. If we can admit how much this person means to us, it allows us to see clearly the effect it could hold over us. A deep and meaningful way to do this is to write an unaddressed letter to the deceased star. It may be cliche, but it truly does help. Once the pen begins to move, you may begin to understand the grief on a different level. After Brody passed, I took pen to paper to express my admiration of him as a competitor. As I wrote, I began to understand how meaningful he was to the memory of my own brother. My brother's favorite wrestler was Bruiser Brody, and by virtue we both became huge Brody Lee slash Luke Harper fans. My brother was no longer with us by the time Brody escaped that Harper name. When he emerged as the Exalted One in the Dark Order, he had a breakaway year in All Elite Wrestling, and I was unable to share that with my brother. This unaddressed letter may have been ripped up afterwards, but the meaning I found through writing it has stuck with me. If you want to join an active conversation about the loss of a star, social media is rife with memorials and kind thoughts. Since Brody Lee passed, Twitter has been alive with memorials from every corner of the wrestling world. You can join in, say what they mean to you, and read the memorials from elsewhere. Of course, anytime we go on social media, we have to be mindful about what we take in and what we put out. As a fan, we do have ways to keep Brody Lee's memory alive. We can look back at his older matches, which there are a lot of, and moving forward in wrestling, we can amplify the voices who sing at the same pitch as Brody Lee's. Friends of his like John Silver, family-focused individuals like Daniel Bryan and Edge, and so many more. Brody Lee should help us learn that wrestling is about having fun and making connections. He touched every corner of the industry and the hearts of every viewer and friend along the way. Thank you, Brody Lee. Thank you, John Huber. Rest in peace. I hope some of that helps some of you, but it may be a message mostly for myself. Thank you for listening to that. And hearing the stories of Brody Lee has been fantastic the last little while. As of recording this, the memorial episode of Dynamite hasn't happened yet, and I'm sure it will be above and beyond what it needs to be. And I will cry a lot. Before I start crying now, let's move on to the next topic. WWE's Tag Team Division, heading into 2021. WWE's Tag Team Division, heading into 2021, is looking really good. WWE has always seemed to shy away from tag team wrestling, However, the tag team division heading into 2021 is looking really good, and I'm convinced they have some big plans. 
There's a lot of talk about WWE's plans heading into 2021. They are breaking profit records while entering viewership lows. To catapult themselves ahead in 2021, they will need to mix old success with new ideas. What I mean is simple storytelling with larger-than-life personalities. That's always been the key. Let's take a look at some of the larger-than-life personalities in WWE's tag team division. First up, let's just look at Raw and SmackDown. Over on Raw, the tag team champions are the Hurt Business. They just won it from the New Day. And on SmackDown, the Street Profits are entering 2021 as the tag team champions. On Raw, you have challengers in there like the former champions, the New Day, the Viking Raiders, Miz and Morrison, who are on a roll with the Money in the Bank contract, whether you like that storyline or not. And they also have several stars on Raw who could easily fall into a tag team. Names like Ricochet, Matt Riddle, Jinder Mahal, Keith Lee, and Andrade. And actually, Matt Riddle seems to be falling into a tag team with Jeff Hardy now, hilariously named the Hardy Bros. Do you get it? Do you get it, the Hardy Bros? Do you get it? Because Matt Riddle says bro. Shifting our focus to SmackDown, there's some great challengers over there for the Street Profits. Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura are, of course, at the top of the list. The Usos are available once they're both back in action. Right now, Jay is at the top of the card with Roman Reigns. And then you've got Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake, who just returned behind Baron Corbin. And they also have a lot of stars who could fall into a tag team. Guys like Apollo Crews, Chad Gable, Baron Corbin, Mojo Rawley. And you have another team in Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, which are... They're always good heel fodder for the tag team division. And just on those two main shows alone, there's tag teams available to make a solid tag team division. Imagine on Raw, the Hurt Business and New Day, they could carry for almost a year back and forth, as long as it doesn't get repetitive. If you put Ricochet into Retribution, Ricochet and Mustafa Ali could be an incredible tag team duo. Matt Riddle and Jeff Hardy could wind up being incredibly over and successful. I'm very excited to see what happens with the Raw and SmackDown tag team divisions this year. But what gets me really excited is looking over at NXT, the home of the tag team revival. Calling NXT the home of the tag team revival is a little bit of a nod to the team now known as FTR. They're often credited for carrying back the focus of tag team wrestling. They were able to do this under the yellow banner of NXT. NXT seems to go through valleys and choughs, especially in the tag team division, and 2020 was notably lacking for tag teams. But they have put in the time to build 2021 a stronger foundation for the tag teams. The champions on NXT right now are Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch, who seem to be being led by Pat McAfee, on and off. And there are several challengers lined up right behind them. The new team of Jake Maverick and Killian Dane are an exciting prospect. Fandango and Tyler Breeze are a classic team who can really bring some star power to the tag team division. James Drake and Zach Gibson are a fantastic tag team in their grizzled young vets shtick. And, and the NXT roster, it can move fast, teams can form pretty quickly, and we could potentially see a formal team form from Damian Priest and Leon Ruff. 
Another pair I could see becoming former rivals, now partners, is actually Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. Less plausible due to their current hatred for each other, but boy would it be lovely if they teamed up. But the future of the tag team division is really lying quietly in NXT UK. NXT UK is one of the best weekly programs from WWE. Simple, succinct storytelling through hard-hitting matches and cinematic inserts. Their divisions are all growing, especially the tag team division, spearheaded by Gallus. Recently, Gallus successfully defended their tag team titles against The Hunt. The end of the match set the framework for the division moving forward. Other contenders on the NXT UK roster are guys like Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster who have held the gold before. Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter are fastly rising as a hot prospect team. Pretty Deadly have a great gimmick going. They look fantastic. They could really be a top heel tag team. And of course, Imperium. The future of WWE's tag team division lays within NXT and NXT UK, while Raw and SmackDown remain very strong. The true test comes in actually staying focused on tag team wrestling. That remains to be seen, but the WWE tag team division heading into 2021 is looking really good. Through that piece we mentioned the Hardy Bros and Jeff Hardy and Matt Riddle. That's kind of a nod to the old team of Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy, where they used to be the Hardy Bros because they're actually brothers. Is this news to you? No. But this is my messy segue into talking about Matt Hardy. And Matt Hardy is in AEW. He debuted in his broken gimmick but kind of phased it out, and now he's running a new heel, veteran, full-of-himself character, and I think it's perfect. The next piece I want to talk about is just how Matt Hardy is truly right where he belongs in AEW. A few weeks ago, Matt Hardy performed on Dynamite, and he looked better than ever. He was moving quickly, smoothly, and even scored the deciding pinfall in a six-man match with Private Party with him. Alongside Private Party, Matt Hardy has taken on a veteran role with a growing ego. His mentorship hasn't proven exactly helpful to Private Party in the ring, but it has risen them to a different level of confidence. When Matt Hardy debuted for AEW with the broken character that WWE refused to utilize, it was the perfect buzz at the time for both Matt Hardy and AEW. A name big enough to draw eyeballs, but to let other stars take those eyeballs and make them stick to the TV. After an initial run and a few scary bumps, Matt seemed to kind of step aside for a while and recuperate. I'm not sure what he did in this time away, or what kind of injuries were piled up, but upon his return, he looks more impressive than ever. In the ring the other night, Matt Hardy was moving fairly swiftly alongside his private party partners. Across the ring, Hangman Adam Page brought forth his usual intensity, which was met warmly by John Silver and Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order. The finish of the match saw Matt Hardy make the blind tag and get the pinfall for his team. Afterwards, he tweeted out, this amazing message. 
Thank you for the overwhelming reaction and support as I valiantly led my team to victory tonight on hashtag AEW Dynamite. I hope Private Party was able to absorb my real-time greatness and brilliance. The Matt Hardy brand is in AEW to breed winners. Remember Stadium Stampede? So what's next for Matt Hardy in AEW? I'm not sure how much longer Matt Hardy intends on wrestling, but whatever he does, it will be entertaining. He has proven time and again that he is hard to kill. There are a few ways AEW could utilize Matt Hardy in the short term, though. He could elevate Private Party to contender status for the Tag Team Championships, or he could end up ditched by Private Party as they begin to see the negative side of him and this growing ego that could bolster their babyface status and push them up the card. I could even see Matt Hardy being used in a short feud for the TNT Championship against Darby Allin. This pairing has a story that can pretty much write itself, and both would thrive in a ring with each other. However, after the last few weeks, it seems like his next pairing will be at least one singles match with Hangman Adam Page. Matt Hardy is right where he belongs in AEW. Matt Hardy had a choice. He seemed to have open offers from WWE, AEW, Impact, ROH, and every other company under the sun last time his contract was up. He tossed an incredible amount of coal onto his own hype engine, and he was able to comfortably leverage contracts for himself and his family. There was a lot of speculation at the time over what was the right move for him, and truthfully, we had no real right in lobbying one choice over the other. But in the end, his heart led him towards all elite wrestling, and the simple truth at the end of it all is that now we can say he certainly made the right choice. AEW is his home, and the truth is the truth. So what's coming up in January 2021 for the wrestling world? There's a lot coming up in January, actually. Part of this mindful mark attitude is that I can't bog myself down with watching everything that's going on. It's simply too much and too many hours. Therefore, I've picked kind of the three big things I'm looking forward to in January. First, Impact's Hard to Kill pay-per-view. The main event has Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers teaming in a six-man tag. And those three pairing together, it doesn't matter. I will buy, I will watch. It will be great. And Impact over the last year have really shown that they deliver and often over-deliver at these special pay-per-view events, especially when they know they're going to have extra viewers. Another big Kenny Omega match in January is him and Ray Phoenix. It was supposed to happen this week to close out 2020, but it was rightfully pushed back to allow for the celebration of life for Brody Lee. This means 2021 will begin with an almost guaranteed match of the year contender when Omega defends the AEW title against Ray Phoenix. Of course, we can't talk about wrestling in January without talking about Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom is one of the biggest and best shows of the year. New Japan's biggest show of the year and it's headlined this time around by Nato and Ibushi with the two top titles. I've been on the outside of a lot of the build for this event, but it will no doubt deliver. Keep a lookout for this show to pop up on my Pop of the Month next month. 
Speaking of Pop of the Month, what was the Pop of the Month for December? Pop of the Month is the thing that got me the most excited, that I popped for the hardest. It was my favorite thing in wrestling for the month. Now, the biggest answer is Brody Lee's celebration of life. There's nothing bigger, there's nothing more important than that in wrestling in the month of December. But I'm going to step aside from that and pick a big moment. The biggest pop of the month for me was the Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens TLC match. The TLC event as a whole was beautiful and expertly performed from the top to bottom. But this match, Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns, was exactly what I want from wrestling. A brooding, intimidating bad guy who relishes in his power. And a babyface you can get behind and who will just simply not quit. Fit those two together and let them tell a simple story. Roman Reigns is at the top of his game and could be the best thing going in wrestling today. His feud with Jey Uso was masterful. I was a little worried that the storytelling would falter when we stepped away from that family aspect, but Roman's work against Kevin Owens has been more of the same in the best way possible. I'm looking forward to pretty much everything Roman Reigns does, especially if it keeps involving Kevin Owens. I don't know how they can stretch it out too long without making Kevin Owens just lose too many times because he lost a steel cage match right afterwards too. But we'll see. Kevin Owens has this babyface fire that's unmatched by a lot of other people and everything he does makes sense. So going ahead and especially going into Mania, Roman Reigns activity will be very interesting. A lot of rumors of The Rock and Roman Reigns happening. A lot of rumors of Roman Reigns and Goldberg happening since it didn't happen last year. Could be very interesting and I'm very excited. So that's it. Pop of the month for December was Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, TLC match. And that pretty much does it for my show. That's the Mindful Mark. And that pretty much does it for the whole show. This has been the Mindful Mark podcast from Intake Wrestling. And I will be back next month. Don't let the negatives leave you staring at the lights. Become the lights by being a mindful mark. If you want to hear what I have to say about wrestling a little bit more often than once a month, follow at Intake Wrestling on Twitter.